Very exciting. <laughs> yes, our first interview. Yeah. <laughs> I'm excited. I, was, I never thought I got on a podcast this early in my life. <laughs> That's okay. Before we start, should we do like a screenshot just for these oh, yeah. or whatever? Yeah, yeah. Um, wait, do you consent to your photo being taken? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> wait, for commercial um... use. <laughs> wait, let's, let's, okay. let's look our best. Okay. okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea how to look my best. Okay. All right. One, two, three. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Koala Club podcast, a podcast made by and for international students in Australia. I am Kevin. And I am Trang, and we talk about everything education, work, and lifestyle for overseas students in Australia. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 6 of the Cola Club podcast. Now in this episode, we're going to talk about something very relevant to the current situation with COVID lockdown, everything here today. And also we're going to do things a little bit differently because since we are not the only ones in the room anymore. Is that right, Chang? Um, how have you been and uh, what are we going to talk about today? Hey? Thanks, Kevin. I've been good and really excited for today's episode as today we are having our first ever guest speaker. And as Kevin mentioned, in light of the current situation we're in, in the pandemic, we thought today we're going to talk about studying from home and interview a guest speaker who's had first-hand experience in studying from home. Yeah, so before we uh, let our guest speaker kind of introduce himself, because I know he's probably going to be too humble to uh, introduce all his uh, achievements, uh, I just want to briefly uh, run through what we have installed today, right? So our guest speaker today is uh, Kang. He has the same name with me as well, but a uh, different last name, <laughs> Kang Ngo. Now, I just want to introduce briefly about Kang's achievement, because it's, uh, it's quite really excellent. Uh, he's a 21 years old young man who's studying in the uh, University of Wollongong. He's a receiver of University Undergraduate Excellence Scholarship and the Dean Scholarship as well. Uh, in 2019, he came in ninth place in the online programming competition IEE Extreme 13.0 in Australia. Now, in 2020, he was awarded a position in the Dean's Merit List, representing top 10% of the Engineering and Information Science faculty. And at the moment, Kang is studying his final semester in uni and also manage a bubble tea shop in Wollongong. Oof, that's I think <laughs> very I went impressive. through <laughs> very impressing and quite a long list. So, uh, Kang, how are you? And welcome to the Cola Club podcast. Good day, Kevin Chang. Thank you for having me. Um, my name is Kang, and despite what Kevin just said, I believe I'm myself just a typical Vietnamese international student that you can find anywhere. And I'm excited to join the podcast and share my story with you guys today. Yeah, thanks, Kang, for accepting our invite to join our podcast today. Can you tell us a bit more about what you're studying right now at the University of Wollongong? All right. Uh, I'm doing Bachelor of Computer Science and particularly my ma I major in Big Data. Uh, I'm in my third year and finishing this semester. Oh, wow. Big Data. Can you sort of elaborate on that? Uh, I think in short is probably the use of computer technology to analyze a large quantity of data so that it can provide a business need. Yeah, I I get a basic understanding of big data and it, it's like a very hot and big word that throws out everywhere, right? 
is that big data means like you yeah you use the computer skills to analyze and gather a large group of data and try to use that data to provide a competitive business advantage yeah yeah it could have um, applications in a lot of fields really like marketing oh yes yes yeah and it's not just a uh, business and i believe it also has uh, it's also start to delve in the realm of uh, social so as in like uh, being able to detect a person emotion or change in medical condition uh, it, it's a very broad field and it's very applicable but as you have mentioned the term big data can also be very easily abused and be used by people who misunderstood it oh wow that's amazing i've only heard of the term big data like very briefly before and i didn't even realize that that was a major that you can actually go into but now that we know about it like that will give you so many opportunities later like you can go into literally any industry and be able to apply that yeah i think big data big data is a very transferable skill and it will take you some time to learn the domain knowledge of the field you're working in say if you're moving from medical to education it will take you like maybe a few months to relearn on the terminology and knowledge of that field However, yeah, the, the skill itself, like the ability to analyze data is very transferable. Yeah, that's really fascinating. We just got a glimpse of what you study and I'm sure there's more conversation about big data that we're going to have later because it's so deep of a field, hey? How about your work alongside your study? Can you tell us a little bit about your casual jobs that you do? Uh, so the casual job that I do is currently just like the manager for a small bubble tea store. So I originally was just a casual worker there, but because the owner wants to expand his area of business, so he let me manage the shop while he's working on opening another shop in Shellhapa. In my role as a manager, I mainly do stock management, a little bit of accounting, and do hiring and training. Yeah, right. It's really interesting. And can, can you tell us like how many, like how long have you been working since you become the manager of the shop? Uh, I've been working at the shop for over two years, but I've only been a manager for nearly nine months. That's great. Like that's really good managerial skills that you can use later on when you go into the professional workforce or even think about opening your own business. Yeah, it definitely improved my personal skill. It was actually like a valuable opportunity, right? To have exposure to that kind of position at such a young age. So you can learn about working with other people and learn how to manage all the aspects of the business. I bet that is really going to be beneficial for you later on in your future career as well. So we have a list of questions for Khang today, but before we delve further into them, we sort of want to start a new tradition for when we interview guest speakers and this is to break the ice so we're going to ask a totally random unrelated question to today's topic so today's question for our guest speakers and we will answer them as well is what is your favorite food since childhood and why Oh my god! Uh, that, that's a hat. That's that's a happy impression. I I told you we we would get you a nice surprise. Uh, oh, I I had to like load all my memory from back then and uh, just any food. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean your most favorite one. Oh, I have to say mapo tofu, Chinese spicy tofu. Yeah. If you remember, when did you first have this, and uh, why is that your favorite food? My first test 
testing of it was in 2015. It was like in a small Chinese chain restaurant. The Mapo tofu that I had there wasn't good at all. It was bad. It was like typical. I know not Mapo tofu before I had it. So I was quite hyped up for the first testing of it. But then I was left quite disappointed. I was so disappointed that I started to learn how to cook and eventually made it made my own Mapo tofu. Oh, <laughs> So you have the perfect recipe for mapo tofu. Is that what you're saying? Uh, I wouldn't say perfect, but uh, th- that would be the reason why I started to learn how to cook. And thanks to that, I was able to survive uni on my own. That is impressive. I think you need to share that recipe with me too, because I do <laughs> like mapo tofu. Oh, you do? That's lovely. Yes. <laughs> yeah, definitely. We got to get that recipe, Chang. I'm, I'm not sure if I can cook it because I'm not very good, great at cooking. So I don't know if that <laughs> recipe going to do any good for me. But for you, probably, yes. How about you, Chang? What's your favorite food? This is an easy question. I love food, but my favorite, favorite food would be pho, which is Vietnamese noodle soup. For our listeners, pho is a um, traditional Vietnamese noodle soup, and they either use a beef broth or chicken broth. And it's like the ultimate comfort food for me. So ever since growing up, like we would eat it for breakfast nearly every day. And especially now that I'm in Australia, I really do miss it because the pho that you have in Australia is very different to the traditional one we have in Vietnam. Whenever I think of pho, that brings back a lot of beautiful memories from my, my childhood. And I love the taste of it and the comfort of it. And I can eat that breakfast, lunch, dinner every day. Yeah, or, or snack. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes, as a snack. <laughs> I love pho as well. Yeah, first the go-to um, breakfast or lunch or dinner. First go-to meal in Vietnam, right? That's why probably everyone, a lot of people have favorite for it. For me, I'll I'll have an easy one, which is I think it's called caramelized pork um, stew or slow cooked pork stew. What I love because uh, I, when I was small, I used to stay uh, at my grandma's house a lot because it's close to my primary school and my middle school, and uh, she used to cook caramelized pork. Do eat with rice for probably a lot of the time, and I just love it. I just love the the rich flavor you have and especially once you slow cook it a bit probably you you cook it on small heat for an hour or up and it's kind of melt into your mouth ever since i've been loving it and i still have a lot of it uh, regularly uh, every week now with now that my my wife cooked it a lot so yeah that's my favorite food yeah yeah another traditional food of vietnam and yeah, I can totally relate to you when you describe <laughs> that melt in your mouth oh. flavor and that rich flavor. Yeah, yeah it's very nostalgic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, great to uh, have those questions. I think uh, now we can dive right in uh, with our questions for Kang, right? Mm-hmm. Let's go. So when did you start studying from home? And uh, has there been any periods of blend between studying at home and on campus learning ever since you have this COVID lockdown? Uh, let's see, ever since the COVID lockdown, it's, it's just like a long stream of lockdown and like with regular interval of hope that we believe that it, the lockdown can be released, right? So I think in Australia, it all start in March or April 2020. And the university were very quickly on following the state government, local like guidance. So no mm-hmm. gathering of more than 20 people in a room or something like that. We pretty much start to move to online learning straight away. 
uh, I don't think there was any blend of at home and campus learning. If there's any, it's probably just me going to the uni library to do some material gathering or to do some hard processing work that I cannot finish at home. So it's quite a disrupt. It's quite a sudden change, right? Once you hit it and all of a sudden overnight, you have to switch to online learning and study from home. Yeah. Yeah. And it's been a really prolonged period too. You're saying from March, April last year till now, it's pretty much a year and a half. And that's like half your degree. Yeah, that's more than half my degree. My second year, my third year is all online. It's certainly, certainly a strange time for all of us, including all the international students who already study in Australia. Uh, especially so, because in my first year, I made it a point to never miss a lecture, never miss a tutorial. I always go on campus to study. And that's why when suddenly that you don't have to go to campus for lecture and tutorial anymore, uh, I got quite a hard time to adapt to it. Right. Yeah, you have to improvise really quickly and change your goals. Especially in the motivation department. Yeah, we'll talk more about the motivational department later on in the episode. But are there anything that you enjoy about studying from home full time? Oh, definitely. One thing is my setup, my uh, study setup. So, you know, in uni lecture hall or even in tutorial, um, the table space that you have for yourself is very limited. And sometimes there's not even a charger in the lecture hall because my computer is quite power intensive. I always have to carry a charger with me. And if I have to study the full day, I probably need to take like an hour break in the library just to charge my laptop. So with the lockdown, I don't have to do that at home. And I can have my phone uh, dual monitor set up with like a tablet and a notebook to take note. So oh, wow. that's one thing that I enjoy. Yeah, I can, I can totally relate to that. I remember in my years in uni, Benma is engineering, it's not uh, IT, so probably I need less setup. But I remember in sitting in the lecture hall, and you're right, the table is tiny, and uh, I can only fit like a notebook pin. I used to use my like a Samsung Note phone, which is fairly big screen, to uh, open the lecture slides and also take note on the pen, on the S Pen. But um, yeah. now that thinking about it, it's not really a productive or e- efficient way of taking notes. And I'm sure when, you know, when we study from home, you have the dual monitor and you can take note comfortably in your home. That'd be much better set up. Yeah, definitely brings back memories of attending lectures and going to the library with a laptop and several books and textbooks. And yes, yeah, you mentioned, yeah. like if you go to the library, you need to unpack everything and then after that you have to pack everything up again like if you have to give up your space and go to a, a tutorial lecture and then come back and then unpack again and then yeah. and then when you come back you you lost that space somebody else yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's really hard to find space in uni hey? yeah. yeah so uh besides the bit when you enjoy um what are some of the biggest challenges you found uh, when you have to study from home challenges well that's the motivation part but i think the biggest challenge is that the lecturer the tutor and the course structure takes so long to change to adapt to the uh, online learning environment and um, what i meant by that is the way that the content is structured is not suitable for the type of learning that can be conducted online so no interactive type of resources And the way we are assessors is also not suitable as well. 
most of the exam and quizzes that we had when we do offline learning was one that focused on memorization of the content, right? Yeah. Uh, however, that's not very, that doesn't do very well online because you can just mm. look up stuff in Google or your yeah. textbook or whatever. Yeah, that's right. Mm. Yeah. I mean, you have had to study from home for almost two years now. So did you see the change or the improvement from uni during those time in regards to the challenges you just said? Some subjects, yes, like I believe like third level subject where the lecturer has more say on the content, uh, it def definitely has improved for the better. However, on low level subject where it teach by multiple lecturer over the course of many semester, uh, they don't have much say to change the content. They mostly just reuse the slices from previous year. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that, that's been quite bad, especially, especially for the not so popular subjects. So in regards to the quizzes and exam structure, there's two ways that the uni have shifted up the content. The first thing is to change the question type from memorization to more analyst, analyst question. And the second type is to increase the number of questions. I love that they change it to analyst question. That means the student has to study more deeply and understand the nature of the system rather than just to memorize it by brute force. Mm. But however, that does come with a detriment is that Even though the type of question change, the number of questions remain the same. So the time it takes to answer an, an analyst question is definitely longer than the time it takes to answer like a defined question, right? Yeah, yeah. Like sometimes the exam doesn't change the number, like reduce the number of questions, and that causes for some time crunch. I had the experience of that twice already, and that's not very, not very pleasant. <laughs> So really, they should have decreased the number of questions, right? By making the questions seem harder and deeper, if they keep the same questions, that the exam would be harder for students. Yeah. I mean, I would still rather that to just keep the like, memorization and then just increase the number of questions to the point that you cannot do it without like writing continuously, but just ridiculous. Okay, so you've mentioned quizzes. So how about group projects? I, would, I don't know if, if your course has a lot of group assignments or group projects that you need to do. And if so, what was your experience like doing group projects from home with your classmates? Uh, definitely. My course has probably like one to two group assignment-based subjects per semester. So I had the pleasant experience of doing online group assignments. <laughs> uh, let's see. It does come with its upside, however, in that you can freely choose your tutorial time slot and you can get match up with your friends from other time slot. So I was able to make some arrangement beforehand. And with the exception of one or two subjects, I always have like my friend who I trust in their ability and their work ethic to work with me. So it's not all that terrible. Okay. I think that's a great point because I'm sure we all have had that one member group who disappear from the start to finish and you know turn up at the end when assignment is due in 30 minutes or so right yeah i'm thinking out of someone right now <laughs> yeah for sure because in like normal uni days when you do group projects you'd see them in class so at least you can chase them up if they haven't done their part but if this is all from home online you can message them and they can just leave you on scene right It's yeah like, answer my zoom call who are you <laughs> The part I can see benefits uh, with the group projects during this online learning is probably the flexibility in time, right? The flexibility and the benefit of you can kind of choose the people you want to work with. 
people that you trust and people that you know that you know will contribute to a good teamwork. I think that's great. I think that's what all the group projects should be, online learning or not, because you know a lot of the time we're very frustrated with getting into like a bad team or have a bad team member or something, right? What do you think about this, Chan? Yeah, for sure. Um, but the other side is that you think that group projects would prepare you for work in the professional workforce later on. So when you go and work for a company and you need to work with other people, they may not be people you necessarily like, but you'll still have to work with them. And they probably have qualities that probably don't align with you and probably on different wavelengths most of the time. So I guess group projects at uni prepare you for that if they randomly assign you to other students that you may not have necessarily picked to work with so I guess that part is important too in terms of group projects but I know during uni days grades and marks are very important so you, you obviously want to maximize your marks so if you can pick group members that uh, are aligned with you and have the same goals then you get the marks you want so both sides I guess I, I see it from both sides yeah that's a really good point Yeah, you, you're right. Like it, it does prepare us for the worst, you may say. And when you get out in, in the workforce, yeah, you may have had the same team member and, you know, that you have to work with and you have to find a way to improve your work um, yeah, productivity right. for all teams. My, my capstone subject is actually also a group-based project. We're working for a medical company, yeah. medical okay. imaging company, yeah. So is that, are you doing that right now? Uh, yes, I, I'm still in the middle of doing it. I'm probably going to finish it in like another two or three months. Wow, that's really fascinating. Um, and I know for medical, it's a lot of the thing is patented. If it's not really top secret, can you share briefly with us what you're doing for that project? Oh, right. Um, the one I'm doing is actually an open source uh, project. So it's like freely used by everyone for free and they can contribute to it for free as well. It's for oncologists, which is doctor, which specialize in cancer treatment. And the usage of the project is that they are able to open, edit, and um, use machine learning operation on the image files. Wow, that's, wow. that's really, really thoughtful and really deep in terms of technical and also meaningful for the real applications in the workforce. How did you come across the opportunity and how did you apply to get into that team for this project? The work that I'm doing for this company is currently uh, is part of my course. So to graduate, I would have to complete the subject, which required me to apply to one of the company and basically work for them for a year. If they're satisfied with my work there and I was able to put up like a good presentation, like a good trade show at the end of the year, then I'd be able to graduate. So the application process is that I gather up a team of up to six people and then put up our top three company that we would like to be picked into. The company will pick from the team that apply. And yeah, if both of our interests match, then we would go on to work with each other. Wow, that's an amazing initiative by the uni and the community as well, because you're benefiting both sides. So you get that practical experience and the chance to work with a real business and the business benefits from your expertise as well. So that's great. I learned so much uh, from the start of this project, like more than any other subject I had done in uni. Great. I think that's the point of a capstone subject, right? To 
apply what you've learned so far into the real world. I really like that idea of the initiative that the uni took in regards to that subject. And also that the thing about you have your own team, right? You have a team of six people, right? So like you, you have your own team and then you propose the applications or propose your team ideas and interests to these two, yeah. three companies. And when they choose your team that you still have, and you can work with the people that you choose to be with and you can work with the people that align with your idea interest. I think that's a really great point that benefits students. So I know about this subject from my seniors. So I started to assemble my own team, like scouting out people, befriending them and then inviting to dinner and stuff like that from my first year. So it's, it's a long journey, but we got there. Wow, planning ahead. I like your organizational skills. Yeah, so you like the Nick Fury of uh, Big Data <laughs> team. <laughs> Uh, I haven't thought about it that way, but yeah. <laughs> With all this, obviously, um, you need a lot of organizing, time management, and of course, motivation to get you through this pandemic and this, uh, studying from home, which is totally different from our traditional learning method, right? So can you let us know how do you stay motivated during this pandemic, not being able to see your friends? and also go back to Vietnam, your home country, to see your family as well. Unlike most people, I'm fine with being like alone. Arrived in Australia very early in my life. So during my teenage year in 2014, eighth grade, like in my development year, right? I did not develop like a sense of reliance on my family. Yeah, I can totally relate. I think I, I met you and we met at the airport in 2014. And I think back yeah. then you was 14 years old, if it was correct. <laughs> yeah. I, I can totally relate because when I first came to Australia, I was also 15. So uh, you write about the part where when you came at such a young age, you get adopted very quickly and you have yeah. that independence. Uh, you don't really feel like you rely on your family that much. And I felt the yeah. same way. Just from my personal experience, the more I grow up, the older I get, I actually bring more, like I actually feel more relied back to the family. Like for three years, or almost three years, I haven't got back to Vietnam and I can't miss my family so much. <laughs> I just want, to go, just want to go back. Whereas like a 21 years old me would probably not feel the same. Yeah, to answer your question more directly, I think I just keep myself very busy. Hmm. So to that, every time I come home from work, I just collapse and then wake up and then start all over again. Yeah, I think that's a very common approach that a lot of people during the pandemic, whether they're students or employees working full-time, I think they just try and occupy themselves as much as possible and to, I guess, how do you put it, push away the feelings of the fact that we're living in this pandemic and we can't see our friends in person, we can't see our family in person, but make sure to take some time out for yourself as well and have some me time. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess uh, it's it's good to keep yourself occupied, and it's a great way to keep yourself busy and not feeling any negative feelings during this pandemic. But it's also equally important that you take care of yourself in health and mental health as well. And uh, you need to keep in touch with your family often, probably via video call, and also just maybe a group calls with your friends either in Australia or in Vietnam. Yeah, absolutely. I also have the luxury of uh, sharing an apartment with my friends. So it's not that lonely. Oh, that's great. How many other people do you live with? Uh, we got five. We got five people. All oh, that's together. nice. You got that's a nice, nice group. 
Yeah, got, got a nice crew. Just a perfect size for like a board game night or yeah. like a cookout session. Mm. Yeah, so so you wouldn't mind lockdown at all. You just have like home party. <laughs> yeah, actually, last night we just made some um I don't know the English word for this uh bún đậu mắm tôm. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. oh, oh, oh it made me hungry now. <laughs> yeah. Oh. For our non-Vietnamese listeners, that is noodles with vermicelli noodles with fried tofu, fruit mm. paste, and boiled pork belly. Yeah, yeah, pork belly. And you just eat it together like a salad. Yeah, yeah, so uh, good. I know. <laughs> so moving on from food. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> moving, moving on, on from food. More, more deeper topics. <laughs> <laughs> not not an easy thing to do, but we'll try. No, nope. it's a rabbit hole for all Vietnamese. <laughs> oh yeah. Yep. That's what's so great. Like when you um you share that common bond with other people, and you, you we could be strangers, but when we talk about food, we we're all united. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so you mentioned that you this is your last semester and you're gonna graduate soon. How do you feel knowing that like you're finishing up soon and this is a time of turbulence and uncertainty? And do you have an idea of what your next steps would be? Um, I did consider continue my study during like an honor or going into master and eventually PhD. However, I feel like that even though um, studying and research is my uh, is my preference, I, I don't think it would benefit me greatly if I go into research right now without any industry experience, like actual industry experience. So after like a long discussion and convincing my parent, I'm probably going to go straight into the job market by applying, trying to get a job. I do feel a bit less certain now than when I was in my first year because of all the COVID situation. But I think because my industry is still in a very high demand, I'll be able to find a job in, um, I wouldn't say no time at all. My friends who graduated last semester was able to find a job after like only two months of looking. So I'm not too worried. Yeah, great. There's, I guess, no rush to jump straight into the job market, but take your time applying and pick carefully and find what you really like and what you think you could enjoy doing and you can apply what you've learned in uni. Yeah. I, I have a strong feeling you make the right choice there because uh, being in the workforce ourselves already for maybe five or six years, right, Tran? Mm. Oh, wow. We have seen a lot of cases when people with really high uh, educational qualifications like PhD, but with little industry experience and the, the companies, the employers just straight away listed them under um, overqualified sections. And then, you know, to have uh, that higher uh, qualification without little industry experience is a really dangerous trap to fall in. So I think you made the right decision when you say you want to go out and get some real life work experience first. And then if need to be later on, you can always come back and go higher in your education. Yep. Yeah, I completely agree, Kevin. Like it's really important to get that real life industry experience. And then, yeah, you can definitely come back and do your master's and PhD later on. And mm -hmm. the other upside is that when you are working for a company and you want to do your master's, they might actually pay for it as well. So it doesn't have to come out of your pocket. So that's an additional plus. And the other thing I was thinking of is 
if you yeah continue your studies right now, especially in this uncertain time when things are changing very quickly, and especially big data is changing very quickly, people who are in industry might grasp those changes before you. Whereas you're in this um, I guess education world or bubble, yeah, people outside may be moving or advancing much quicker than you so I think you definitely made the right choice in going out to industry too so very excited for you and wish you all the best thank you Chang yeah absolutely I agree um like when the entire COVID started no one would expect Zoom to explode that much right yeah mm. yes absolutely correct like Chang said I totally agree with the statement because um like you said uh, yourself Kang, uh, a lot of the lecture materials or a lot of the subject materials is not changed from last year previous and it's not suited to this current pandemic world whereas uh, outside the industry all the companies they have to change and they have to change quickly to adapt to the new world and that's the bit when it benefits you if you go out to the workforce straight away after your graduations and I think with this current uh, COVID work from home remotely some industry got hit hard like hospitality or tourism but I think in terms of IT information technology or computer science, I think it's actually a great benefit because uh, a lot of companies I know explode because like Zoom or a lot of uh, tech companies. So I think it's actually a great opportunity for you to go out there and grab what you can and develop yourself. Yeah. So yeah, I think that's, uh, that's all the questions we have for, for Kang. And um, I think it's really great that we, today we can see the insights of a, you know, students currently studying from home, studying remotely during this COVID pandemic in Australia. And I believe this will benefit all our listeners very much, the future international students and the current international students in Australia, right? So now that we finish all the questions for you, Kang, do you have any questions for us? <laughs> Oh, um, so I'm, I'm not sure if this information was included anywhere in your like pilot episode, but how long have you been listening to podcasts? So podcasts, I think podcasts have actually been around for many years, but it's only really when the pandemic hit that I guess me, like any, like every other person who's in lockdown started to look for new ways of entertainment. And then I came across uh, I think ads for podcasts and because I already had Spotify and I was just using Spotify for music but I realized on Spotify you can listen to all these podcasts and there are so many topics that you can listen to like finance and health and just general psychology um, topics so that's when I actually started listening to podcasts which is probably about over a year ago and I found all these amazing resources and it's great listening to podcasts because you can just do whatever you're, you're supposed to do and listen to the podcast at the same time, like do your laundry or wash the dishes or when you're driving or going for a walk. But I was really surprised to find that some podcasts have been going for five, six years that I found this really great mindfulness podcast that's been going since 2015. And I was just so excited. I was like, wow, this has been here the whole time. And it hasn't really been like advertised enough to everyone. And it's only now when the pandemic hit that we try to look for different sources of entertainment or information. So yeah, I was really excited to find that podcast. And I I made a commitment to go back to th their very first podcast and start listening from then. So I've got like about 300 episodes that I need to oh, listen wow. to. But 
yeah I'm really keen to go on this podcast journey but yeah how about you Kevin yeah similar to Chan I started listening to podcasts I guess at the beginning of 2018 when I started my job in uh, Sydney so that requires me to do like a long travel each day I think I have to drive uh, three hours each day so an hour and a half each way to Sydney from Gong and back so that's when I started to look for things to do during this that time travel. So I used podcasts and audiobook. And that's when I discovered the word podcast. Like you said, I was just amazed of how these big resources are here for us all the time. And we only know now. And uh, until the pandemic hits, that's even become more relevant because a lot of the episodes talk about mental health, about how to stay motivated and how to you know, how to look after your well-being, physical and mental health during this time. And I just love it. I think about two years ago, listening to all these podcasts, I really wanted to start my own podcast. I had no idea where to start and what to talk about. Only until recently when I team up with Trang, right? And I guess you can say we found our uh, purpose. We knew that we want to talk about something that we are kind of good at and something that are relevant to us and something that can provide value to the people who we care about. And that's why, that's the whole reason why we started the Cola Club podcast, which we believe uh, can help all our listeners, the future and the current international students in a way that they have not been experienced before. Like we just want to be the friend in your car. We just want to be, you know, the the voice in your living room, something like that. And um, just provide that sort of closeliness and that sort of friendliness. And that can help you with the value we bring. That's a wrap up for our sixth episode. Thanks a lot, Kang, for coming on over our podcast and uh, share your insight, information about what it's like studying from home during this COVID time. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Kang, for making the time to be on our podcast and being our first ever guest speaker. We really enjoyed doing this interview. Um, it's a little bit different to what we've been doing before with me and Kevin and we really wish you all the best in your upcoming chapter and we look forward to possibly interviewing you again in a few years when you're already in the workforce and seeing what your how your experience has changed then and hopefully we'll be out of the pandemic and we don't have to interview you about how is it like working from home oh wow (laughs) yeah that's great thank you very much and as it first guess i hope i was able to set the tone for future episodes yeah yeah no definitely you did uh, yeah, a lot of information and we benefit greatly from your skills and knowledge and your uh, personal experience in studying from home. Thanks. So thank you for that. For our listeners, if you enjoyed this episode or if you have any thought that you want to share, any comment, please follow our Instagram account at the Koala Club podcast. So it was at the Koala Club pod. Or we have a Facebook page now, right, Chai? Yes, so do follow and like us on Facebook. So you can search for us, the Koala Club podcast, and we'll be posting updates on new episodes so you don't want to miss out. Thanks, guys. Bye.